If this is your first time listening to the Positively Joy podcast, welcome. We're so glad to have you and we'd love for you to become a part of our online podcast family. So please subscribe or hit that follow button wherever you listen to podcasts or to receive updates emailed to you, text the letter P and the word joy, P joy to 22828 and you'll get exclusive updates about upcoming episodes, contests, and all sorts of great things. Hello, and welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on searching for the light and joy in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and we are in the dog days of summer. I can tell because my air conditioner is struggling, and um, we thought we were going to have an issue last night, but it's it's still pumping out cold air. But the original term, the dog days of summer, actually refers to uh, when the sun is occupying the same region of the sky as Sirius, which is the brightest star visible from any part of Earth and part of the constellation Canis Major, or the greater dog. And that's why Sirius is sometimes called the dog star. Sirius rises and sets with the sun in the summer. Uh, According to farmersalmanac.com, on July 23rd specifically, it's in conjunction with the sun. And because the star is so bright, the ancient Romans believed that it actually gave off heat and added to the sun's warmth. And this accounts for the long stretch of sultry weather, which we certainly are in now in Oklahoma, where I live. So the term dog days of summer actually came to mean the 20 days before and 20 days after this alignment of Sirius with the sun, which is July 3rd through August 11th. And as we are in this time period, and it's still the pandemic, um, many of us have different degrees of freedom at this time, Uh, whether or not you are feeling like you are truly locked down or just having to wear a mask. You know, it can be a little difficult. It can be a little um, suffocating, just like the heat can sometimes be suffocating. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about what I'm doing to try to, oh, just get through these dog days of summer. And um, my dog, Lemon, who's I think on the couch right now in the air condition, <laughs> um, probably is happy that she is such a dog. Now, one thing I'm doing is really delving into God's word, in particular, Isaiah. And I'm going to do a podcast a little bit later about why I am digging into Isaiah so much. But it's been on my mind, and so I'm actually rereading Isaiah. And um, I also took a look at the Bible Project on YouTube, which is a great video series to tell you a little bit about the books of the Bible. Isaiah is a book I think that a lot of people remember because there's some great quotes from it. But as a book, it's challenging and there's a lot going on. And so uh, I'm just to chapter three. I just started rereading it. So I'm just to chapter three. But obviously it's about Isaiah, a prophet who 
took on a particularly difficult task that the Lord asked him to do. This is really resonating with me today because a good friend of mine at church, uh, Marcellus Coleman, just had a great video on Facebook today to talk about when God asks you to do something, you need to do it. Don't be like Jonah who ran away from where God wanted him to go and what God wanted him to do. Um, Listen to God's message and will for you and do it. And Isaiah was told that he needed to tell a particularly troubling message, and that is the Israelites were not doing what God told them to do, and basically they were going to undergo a very, very difficult time for many, many years. So if you are a prophet and all you have is bad news, that's probably not a good place to be. But God wanted Isaiah to proclaim this bad news, but within the bad news, there is hope. So Israelites, you are, you know, you're, you're playing to false idols. You're doing things that you know you shouldn't do, and you are going to come to your downfall, but there will be hope. And if you can hang in there, I will indeed uh, fulfill my promises that I made to you. But that's going to happen in the future. So in the meantime, Isaiah is saying, you guys are really doing bad stuff and you are going to meet your downfall. Again, not a particularly positive message to give to a nation. But Isaiah heard what God told him to do and he did it. That's, I think, a particularly strong message for all of us these days. Um, My friend Marcellus talked about If God is telling you to minister to someone, um, please do so. Don't avoid the message. Don't avoid what God's telling you to do. But I think for all of us, even if it's not that particular message, if God's not telling us to minister to someone or to go tell a nation that you are about to uh, be befallen by an enemy because you're not doing what you're supposed to, but there are probably other things that we are being told to do. And maybe it is you know, spend more time with me in this time of the pandemic, you know, spend more time in my word. Um, Maybe it's take this opportunity to send messages and cards of encouragement to other people who are having a bad time. Maybe it's, you know, you've always wanted to do something. Now do it and do it in my honor. You know, whatever it is, we need to listen to what he's telling us. And particularly in these dog days of summer where it's really sultry and hot and uncomfortable outside and we are inside, uh, whether or not we want to be or even if we do have some freedom uh, and we can go outside. I mean, really, who wants to be outside right now? So take this opportunity to do so. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm diving into Isaiah. The beginning is really kind of difficult. The whole book is challenging. There's... The whole book is brilliant. There are nuggets of brilliance that I think many of us take from Isaiah. Um, But I think looking at it as as a whole, and that even in in the down time, God has made promises to us all, and God is a promise keeper. So within even bad news, there can be a message of hope. 
Another thing I'm doing is thinking about family. So many of you are away from your family or you are nearby, but maybe they are in a hospital or they are in a um, elder care living facility and you can't go in there. That can be really difficult. Talking on the phone is great, um, but still you might miss them. And so my sister came over and I spent some time talking about family to her. And to me, that's always a very joyful thing to do. Both our parents have passed on, our mother in 2000 and our father in 2007. And we come from a small family. It's just the two girls. And, um, and then we have one niece, her daughter. So it's a small family and we are pretty close. And it's always good to just reminisce and laugh and think about those great stories. Maybe around an activity such as preparing vegetables together, or um, cooking a dinner, I went to the store recently and they had some collard greens for sale. And I, I love collard greens. I don't always see them. And they look particularly good. So I bought three bunches. Three bunches is actually not a lot. It boils down to nothing. But um, my sister and I were sitting around the dining room table and we were picking greens and taking the stems off and, and just getting them ready to prepare. And so here is a little snippet of that uh, experience together. And then later we go on to talk about some funny family memories. This is something that, you know, like I can imagine like in the South, people would do this on the front porch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because who want who, who to be stuck in the kitchen doing it? Hot kitchen. Hot kitchen, because they probably didn't have air conditioning. You know they didn't have no air. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I could have been a pioneer woman. <laughs> I, I don't have it in me. I don't know. Well. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, and then you don't, you wouldn't know anything else but. That's you know, true. I mean, but, you know, knowing, knowing what we know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Look at these little ones. You know, we'll see, we have to cut those. That's cute. The tender leaves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When my sister and I get together, usually our conversation goes to. Let's talk about mommy. Our mother passed away in 2000 from complications of COPD, which is a respiratory illness. But we love to talk about those old stories. And so uh, one recent visit, that's what we did. So Karen, tell me a good story about mommy. Oh, I have several, but... This one's pretty good. <laughs> Our mother, every time she wanted to have a really serious talk with you, she would wait until she got you in the car. <laughs> 
And you knew. You knew when you got in the car. Trouble. First of all, there's nowhere you could go. Captive audience. So what would she like do to let you know that the talk was coming? Well, with me, she would say, and by the way, just out the blue, (laughs) and by the way. (laughs) And the only thing I could do, I didn't even look at her. I just looked straight ahead. And, you know, she was, you know, she would talk, uh, you know, this happened, that happened. And I just looked straight ahead and kind of nod, nod my head up and down like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then sometimes I would um, look out the side window and, you know, and give her one of them side stupid faces with the... <sighs> <sighs> mm-hmm. So you would were, you were look away from her away. Out, the, out the car window. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, rolling mm-hmm. my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. She would she she would always get me in the car. I don't I don't know about sister. Yeah, she got me in the car. Yes, but not that much. But you know, well, because you, you, know, you, you, you were better than I was, me. I was damage control because ah. she used to always get me. Mm-hmm. No, no, she would get me too. She would get me too. Tell me about now. She would say now. I think she would say now. Now you know, begin with. Something like that. Well, she would say, and by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, I'm, I'm the second child. So, by the time I came around, she didn't, I won't say she didn't care as much. But you know how when the parent has the first child, everything has to be perfect. They try to do everything. By the time I came around, first of all, I was a latchkey kid. I would just go home after school and just get myself in and wait till... She got home. So I don't know when you were my age, was she doing that with you or did she make, you know, since you were the first child, was she like treating you special or making special arrangements? Because all I know is, nope, when I was old enough, I just would get on the bus and go home. <laughs> well, I, you know, you know, when I was, and you're talking what age? Well, so by the time, so by the time we moved to Essex, which was a bus ride away. How old were I, you? Well, I was probably, what, third grade? I want to say third grade, yeah. Because fifth grade, you were about 10 years old. Fifth grade, I was 10 years old, yeah, yeah. So I don't think you took the bus at, at um, the third grade. You don't think so? Okay. No, that's too young. <laughs> well, when did we move to Essex? We probably moved there in, in 70. In 70? So I was nine. So fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I can see that. Okay. Yeah. So fourth grade. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so for example, when you were nine, well, we were still living in Eberhard and that's a, that's not a bus ride away. That's a walk away. Well, when I was nine, it really wasn't a problem because you were, what, two, two years old? Yeah, I was so, baby. You know what I mean? So it was somebody there at the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like there were things. I wasn't a naughty girl now, but I feel like if I had been a naughty girl, I could have gotten away with a lot of more things than you could. Because again, you were that first child, and she had her eye on you. Well, no, I no, I disagree. Because I think if you were a, a really a naughty child, you probably wouldn't be able to get uh, get away with nothing. Really? Because I was a naughty child. <laughs> so she would know just what to expect coming from, from you as a naughty child. Uh-huh. So, no. You would probably really be mad at me. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah, you would say, sister, you make me sick. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, I tried to do so and so, so and so, and mommy said you already did it, and she knew what signs and symptoms to look for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mommy was she was she was the disciplinarian. Dad, Daddy was not, although Daddy did rarely discipline me anyway. I mean, very, very rarely. But, but you know, you know, we, we, you know what, you know, I never got a spanking from neither one parent's. I, oh, I did. I, you know, when when I was probably about eighth grade, and I was in the bathroom, you know, running my bath water, and you know, and and mommy was in there, and you know, she said something, and you know, we we did our words, and I guess I must have said the wrong word, <laughs> and the next thing you know, you know, I was, you know, and I, I was in the bathtub. Like I said, I was sitting on the edge of the tub, you know, you know, waiting <laughs> oh, for the oh, water. She, oh, she gave you one. Right, right. And she and she, you know, she conked me and I and I you know, fell backwards into the tub. Wow. In, no into the water. Mommy, no. That's the only that's the only time of any type of Did she feel bad after that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you know, you know, you I, I don't know if I raised my voice or whatever, but you know, I think she says, you know, how dare you? You would never get a chance to do that to me again. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 But the thing about mommy is, mommy never had to hit me because she just would make you feel so guilty. <laughs> it was, I don't know if it was, I mean, we, I, we went to Catholic school, so I don't know if it was that Catholic guilt, but all she would have to do is talk about, you've disappointed me. <laughs> That's all she had to say. And it was like, oh, so much worse than any woman. You've disappointed mm-hmm. me. Well, you know what? Did she say that to you? Because I got that a lot. You've disappointed me. No, you know, the only thing that she used to say to me was, you know, you know, like when we would get into arguments or anything, you and I, mm-hmm. you know, you know, she would always say, you're the oldest. You're supposed to set the example. I got so sick of hearing that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you're the oldest. You're supposed to set the example. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying I was a problem child. And, you know, I was late for school a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And, and we lived maybe, mm, what, what, three blocks from, from St. Dorothy's? St. Dorothy yeah. was on 77th, and, and we lived on 80th. Right, right. So about, you know, three blocks. And I think that second time that I was late, and I think I was only only late probably about eight minutes late. Yeah. You know, I had to go to the principal's office. Mm. And they um, uh, made me do a, a homework assignment where I had to draw <laughs> 800 clocks <laughs> with the with the time that I'm supposed to be be at school, which was eight o'clock. Uh huh. So you know, I had I had to draw 800 clocks. And when I told 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 mommy, you know, you know, she looked at me with disgust. <laughs> Because I think I was probably in probably about fifth or sixth grade. Uh-huh. But but her and Poppy had to wind up helping me. Because I had to do it and turn it in the next day. 800 clocks. You oh, wow. Size. So they, how about how many clocks did they do? I can't remember. But, you know, we were all doing clocks. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Now, 
No, mommy just, you know, mommy, mommy and daddy worked hard. You know, they both, both worked. So I think that if I did something wrong, you know, she would, it would be the kind of thing like, you know how much we love you. We work so hard for you. I'm breaking oh, my guilt. back for you. It was like serious guilt, serious mm -hmm. guilt. So it's like, no, I can't do anything because mommy. <laughs> and I was, you'd have to take me with you when you wanted to do things. You had, you'd have to babysit me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which you didn't like. No, well, you know, you know, most teenagers, when you get um, stuck with a younger sibling, it's horrible, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Most older siblings, they say that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But my time with you and your friends in the car, I mean, those... We were so silly, weren't we? You know what? But I remember those as being good times. Because yeah. we would be in the car and the radio would be on. And I just really remember, like, those radio songs. I, I remember listening to the songs and, and you guys would be... I mean, I wouldn't even really be listening to you. You guys are talking and having fun and I'd be listening and then basically you drop me off in a store somewhere and then I'd be in the store for hours and then you'd come back to get me. But see, it was safe then, you know, you can't do that what, now. No, well, you know, oh I don't know. It, well, clearly it was safe for me because I'm, I'm here. But yes, that's something that you wouldn't think of doing today. Mm -hmm. to be, but, but to be honest, I don't know if it was any safer. I just think that... I don't know. I just think that we talk about it more now. But but I'm not a stupid child, so I don't mm -hmm. think I would have gone off with anybody. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we're talking like I'm 10, 11. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not like that. And then, you know, that one time I thought I was going to get away with it. It was like perfect plan. <laughs> you were sneaky. You know, mommy, mommy and poppy was at work, and we just happened to be out of school. I think I was like in eighth grade. And, um, you know, mama used to always say, I respect you and, 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 you know, and I, you know, taught you well, but I don't want you over to any young man's house when the parent is not, not home. Right. So, you know, okay. So, um, sister was playing, we live in an apartment building. So, um, the apartment next to us you know, had a had a little girl about the same age as, as Yvette. So they were on the back porch playing. So I I so I told Yvette that, you know, I was going next door to 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 Nikki's house, and mm -hmm. it was a bunch of us mm -hmm. going. You know, we don't want to do anything. I think we were gonna play cards. Right. And then, I think I remember this. And then evidently, um, Yvette's little friend had to go somewhere with the mother. Okay. It didn't take Yvette, so that left Yvette <laughs> locked out the house. <laughs> Just looking at my, you know, twiddling my thumbs. And, you know, I don't know why she didn't, you know, you know, decide to come over to, 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 to Nikki's because it was right, you know, next door. But then at the young fella's house, the doorbell rang. <laughs> so he went and answered the door. And mommy... Hmm. Said, is Karen upstairs? <laughs> and he said, yes, Mrs. Walker. <laughs> so you know, she didn't even she didn't even say you know have her come downstairs because you know I heard. Uh -huh. And he lived on the second floor, so you know I kind of stood at the you know uh, top of the <laughs> stairs and looked down. She said, come on down. <laughs> and I take I take that back. 
I, you know, I've been hit by her. T- well, well, I'm I'm gonna say one and a half times because <laughs> once I got downstairs, she said, "What did I tell you, Karen?" And I'm trying to explain. Well, mommy, she says, "But what did I tell you?" So I had to repeat. So she says, "Go on in the house." And she says, "Another thing, you know, you left your sister on the back porch, couldn't get in the house by herself. Anything could have happened to her." So I was walking next to her. But then I, I didn't see she had a belt in her hand. <laughs> she took that belt and and swung it up, and I took off running. She was running behind me trying to hit me. She didn't get a chance to hit me then, but yeah. And were your friends looking? And then I happened to 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 you know uh, you know look at their window, and everybody is, is you know in the window laughing at me. That was so horrible. And then plus I was on punishment for two weeks. That was horrible. But that was just really my fault. But I was also minding. You told me to stay on the back porch, so I was minding. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, you know, it wasn't your fault, you know, and and you know, and I thought everything was okay because you all were were playing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, because because you were older than me, and because they had to work, I was alone a lot of of the time. So I learned, I did learn to play well by myself. I don't remember what happened when she came home or if I was crying or anything. I don't remember that. Probably she opened the back door and you were probably sitting there. Oh, God. <laughs> so that, you know, that wasn't very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, our mother. So our mother passed away in um, 2000. And we really miss her. But it's fun to, it's fun to talk about these stories and remember her. Um, because she was... She was such a delightful woman, and you know, uh, in oh, I forget the name of the, sh- of the show with Vinnie Barbarino. You know, uh, what was the name Welcome of that? Welcome back, Carter. Welcome back, yeah, yeah. We welcome back Carter with Vinnie Barbarino, who was John Travolta. Mm-hmm. He'd always say, My mother's a saint. Remember, he would say mm-hmm. that, My mother's a saint. Mm-hmm. And so, we always kind of felt that way, My mother's a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, yeah, but she definitely, you know, could have her times. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that um, just talking about finding your joy and, and, and especially during this time, um, when you can be with family, it's great. And, we, and sometimes we've been, we've been locked up, we've been cooped up, and a lot of mm-hmm. people out there have been with their families and maybe would like a little alone time. But there's quite a few people who, you know, can't see their, their folks because they're elsewhere or grandparents are in nursing homes and they can have no contact. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun to reminisce and talk about, and then of course family members who've passed on. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you know you can gain a lot of joy, even though it can be sad too. You can gain a lot of joy in just remembering and, and talking right. about those stories. Right. And if you know if mommy was still still alive, and you know, and God forbid if she was in a facility, I, you know, I don't even know how I would even deal with not not seeing her. Right. You know, you know, you know, right. the, the three of us were always so so close. Right. So. I don't know. Well, I mean, people are creative. They um, like if you happen if you happen to be in an apartment with a window, people yes. have come up to the window right. and they like they come and bring right. signs right. and you right. know and they'll um, try to you know try to do those kinds of things mm-hmm. for for their family members and a lot of people are making cards and sending cards yes. to the facilities yes. and so but still, it's and of course you can like talk that. but yes. I know yeah it's nothing yeah and then you know for someone to be in the hospital. And can't have any visitors. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's that's a tough one. That, that is really, really tough. So one more story. So we love animals. We love pets. 
And I will tell this one story about Poppy, about Daddy. I, you know, I had a hamster who who had actually had babies. We didn't know that Twinkle was pregnant, so so we did have babies. Um, and the hamster kept getting out of the cage. And there was another time when I had a mouse who, but I'll tell you about that later. Anyway, so the ham, I don't know, this hamster was an escape artist and kept getting out of the cage. Oh, and Daddy always said, if this, if this hamster gets out one more time, that's it. So one time he was, he was up late walking down the hallway and... and 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 you know and and saw the hamster <laughs> and walking and, walking down the hallway with <laughs> and and he was scared to pick the hamster up uh-huh so so Yvette was asleep so you know <laughs> you know he, he came into my room and woke me up and you know and my father our father yes. had 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 a terrible potty mouth yes he did <laughs> and he ran and raved about me getting up picking up yes Yes. Yeah. And then in high school, we had a we had a a classroom mouse, right? But then somebody had to take the mouse home, or either it was over vacation or maybe just for good. See, I, now, I don't remember that. Oh yeah. So I had a little white mouse and had it in a in a little cage, like a hamster cage, but you know, with the wheel and everything. Oh, I, and remember I had it that. hidden, and I had it hidden in and my he room. Kept... And no, he was running on the reel. On the reel, okay. It was I thought a, he was it, eating. Yeah, no, it was the. And, and Daddy would say, "What is that?" And we, we were lying. We were saying, "I don't hear anything." So one day he came in my room because he usually didn't come to my room. He came in my room and he found it. And he said, "And he said, get he said, got D, okay." <laughs> and I had to get rid of the, the mouse. Uh, yeah. 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 No, we loved animals. He, you know, I won't say he wasn't an animal lover. Uh, but we, pick up the phone. Oh, that's funny. That Mom. is my niece. That's, that's your favorite the, daughter calling. That's the ringtone answer. Mom, pick up the phone. Well, that was a really pleasant interruption. We got to talk to my niece, Ashley, my sister's daughter, uh, for a little while, and that was really, really great. Kind of a nice way to end this up. So thank you so much for listening to the Positively Joy podcast and uh, our reminiscence of our family and what I'm doing during the dog days of summer. I hope you enjoyed listening. Please uh, check out www.positivelyjoy.com or text the word PJOY, the letter P and the word JOY all together, PJOY, to 22828. And you will receive email exclusive updates on upcoming episodes, contests, and all kind of fun things like that. So thanks for listening, and as always, this has been the Positively Joy Podcast, and farewell for now.